0: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin the 13th chapter of the book of Mark. In the middle of Jesus' last week in Jerusalem, leading up to the crucifixion, Jesus takes a moment to pull back the veil into the future and teach his disciples about what is going to happen to the beautiful city of Jerusalem and the temple that stood there. We'll just get into the introduction in the first 4 verses this week, and for the sake of time, we're going to let Pastor Jim get right to it. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled When will these things be? Now, we know that as Jesus headed to Jerusalem, came from the east, he came up the winding hill that brings you up to the to the east side of the Mount of Olives, and there's a little village there called Bethany. He stopped off there. Bethany's the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, the one whom he had raised from the dead. It was also at that place when he stopped off there that Mary Magdalene anointed Jesus with that vial of costly perfume. That too had prophetic significance. Well, word got out. Jesus is getting near Jerusalem. There's a growing crowd that's been coming with him. There's a whole bunch of people in Jerusalem who've come for the, the Passover. And so People streamed out of Jerusalem toward Bethany as they came out of Bethany toward Jerusalem, and the two crowds came together, and you had one big crowd. And the ones from Jerusalem wanted to see Jesus, and they also wanted to see Lazarus. Ah, but the chief priests were also plotting to murder Lazarus because a lot of people were believing in Jesus after they heard what he did. For Lazarus. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming together here at the same time. Well, you know how what happened, what we've been studying. Next morning they entered Jerusalem. Jesus rode on a donkey, fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah nine nine. They entered the city of Jerusalem. The big crowd met him and they laid down palm branches. That's why the Sunday before Easter is usually called Palm Sunday. Just because they laid down palm branches. They were crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That assures us that that crowd was expecting the Messiah, whom they believed to be Jesus, to set up the kingdom right away. Came into town, went into the temple, healed everybody who came to him who wanted healing. And the chief priests and the, and the scribes saw what He was doing, and oh, their, their infuriation quotient was at the boil over point. Jesus left them that night, looked around the temple before He did, spent the night in Bethany with the disciples. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day of Passion Week. The next morning they went back into Jerusalem, and it was on the way there that Jesus cursed that fig tree that bore no fruit. This time it wasn't a parable. It was another illustration, though, of the lack of spiritual fruit in Israel under the leadership of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the other factions. When they got to Jerusalem that time, Jesus entered the temple and cleared out all the money changers and those who were selling sacrifices, turning the temple into a robber's den. After that there were some Greek proselytes, that is, Greek converts to Judaism, who met with Jesus, and he explained to them again that he must die. So he's, he's dealing with this expectation of you're going to sit on the throne right away, and he keeps telling him, no, "I'm actually, I'm going to be betrayed, arrested, tried, crucified, and I'll rise again. During that conversation, God spoke audibly in the temple. I must have been. Eerie and goosebumpy and pretty astounding. Many more believed, but they were still intimidated by the Pharisees. And that time, we're told Jesus hid himself from the multitudes. That evening, took the disciples out of the city again. On their way, they pointed out the fig tree that he had cursed; that it instantly withered. It didn't just slowly die a natural death. It was instantly withered right out to the tips of the leaves. And Jesus used that to teach them to have faith in God and to know that that was a picture of what was going to happen to the religious system of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And there was evening and there was morning, day two of Passion Week. They returned to the temple the next morning. The chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people confronted Jesus. Now we're right up to where we've been in Mark. Remember how they, they questioned His authority who gave you the authority to do this? You know the answers. Jesus won the argument, and then he taught them three parables. And then they came at him again. The leaders again were trying to figure out, how can we trap him and get him, get him in trouble so that we can have him arrested? So they took turns. The Pharisees came. The argument didn't work. Jesus won. The Herodians came. The argument didn't work. Jesus won The Sadducees came and the argument didn't work. So then they sent a brilliant scribe from the Pharisees. He too failed. And every time gave Jesus an opportunity to demonstrate His authority and His superiority. Finally, He embarrassed them all to silence. Then He addressed the whole multitude. And last time I tipped you off about Matthew chapter 23, all of the series of woes. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And he pronounced that on all of them. And he lamented over the spiritual condition of the whole city of Jerusalem. And we left off last time with Jesus pointing out the poor widow who came and put into the temple treasury her last two coins, everything she had to live on. And He used that as the opportunity to teach His disciples that how the apostate religion of the hypocrites actually devours widows' houses, just like the charlatans of today that take advantage of people, send us your money and we'll send you the blessing. That's what they were doing in a different format. Following the pattern of the previous nights, Jesus led the disciples out of the city to the east. That meant that they would walk out of the city, down a steep hill is a V-shaped valley there up the other side, and then you're on the Mount of Olives. I promise you, almost any picture you've ever seen of Jerusalem, if it wasn't taken from a helicopter, was taken from the Mount of Olives. It's a spectacular overview of the city there. If you see it now, the the dominant feature is the gold dome of a Muslim mosque that is sitting on that now, and that that's a bit problematical for some things we know are going to happen. I can't wait to see how that's going to uh, to work out. But they're they're on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus has talked about this house being left desolate, this destruction that is is coming, and he's he's cleared out the temple, symbolizing the judgment that is going to come, and and. They turn back and some of the disciples are pointing out everything in Jerusalem. They're thinking about the temple and all that He had done. That's when this this discourse was delivered. After this discourse, there was evening and morning, day three of the Passion Week. But He has something really important to say to them That night. So that's when this discourse was delivered. Now I want to skip to point number three in my uninspired outline. What prompted these questions? Well, as they're leaving, some of the disciples remarked about the temple, and Jesus responded with something I'm sure they were not expecting him to say. We know from our text that the the key questioners were Peter, James, John, and Andrew the two sets of brothers, but we know that Jesus' answers were given to all of the twelve. So here's our actual text for this morning to set the stage. Mark 13, to 4 As he was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to them, probably one of those four, Teacher, behold what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. It really was a spectacular place. And Jesus said to them, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn down. And that was exactly what happened. That whole Temple Mount, it's basically a. A retaining wall built around the, the tip of Mount Moriah, basically filled in to make a big sandbox with you know, this one flat area, approximately 1,000 feet by 2,000 feet. The temple was there, the colonnades, all the, the um, ancillary structures. All of that just completely removed. Just the bricks of the foundation or the, the ground upon which it's built was left. So we read on as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple. So they asked him about it. You can picture him saying, Hey guys, sit down. Let, let's talk a minute. Peter and James and John and Andrew were questioning him privately. Now, that doesn't mean it was only those four, but it means it was, this was private among the disciples. This was not part of the public discourse in the temple like he'd been doing the last couple of days. And they said, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? I encourage you, um, put your finger in Mark 13. Go look at Matthew 24. And you can figure out the, the fullness of the question. When will these things be? Referring mainly to the destruction of the temple. But also talking about the kingdom. of What, and the, what will be the, the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So, apparently, they kind of paid attention to that. Parable that he was going to go away and then he'd be coming back. And they were asking about that. Now, first Jesus told them the temple's going to be destroyed. No question about what he meant by that. It happened exactly as he said in AD 70 when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem. The idea of the total destruction of the temple physically went even a step further than what he had said earlier that afternoon. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704, or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.